Welcome to Energy Efficiency Markets Podcast, where we provide news and analysis about energy efficiency, markets, and trends. This is Lisa Cohn with Energy Efficiency Markets. College and universities share similar challenges when it comes to energy usage. And joining us today is Scott McCormick, Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Building IQ. And he's going to tell us a little bit about how to discuss these challenge, address these challenges. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com. Hi, Scott. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit about what the challenges, um, energy-wise, that colleges and universities share. Well, I, I don't think, uh, you know, let's first let's talk about what they have in common, right? So they have, uh, they have the same kind of issues as most commercial buildings, that they have, uh, you know, different tenants, they have different types of building types. Um, and at the end of the day, they're, they're trying to make sure their tenants are comfortable um, and at the same time try to re- reduce their uh, carbon footprint, which means uh, reducing their energy usage, being efficient about how they use energy, uh, and of course nowadays looking at how they can deploy uh, some of the newer technologies and energy uh, products on the market like distributed energy resources, storage, solar, wind, etc. Um, micro, things, a lot of microgrids too. A lot of them want to get off the grid if they ha- if they can or they want backup. Uh, that, that's right. I mean, I think uh, there's various definitions of what a microgrid is, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, a microgrid is still a grid, and uh, it's difficult to be an isolated, non-connected microgrid, right? So typically, universities uh, have a microgrid that is going to be connected to the larger uh, electrical system. So. Um, there is a day coming that uh, there is a vision that says, you know, we're, we're going to be operating multiple grids that aren't connected. But uh, yeah, th- there's another vision that says everything's going to be interconnected. And so uh, we're all kind of marching towards a future that says let's reduce our energy, let's be, have it more efficient, and let's have it more, be more cost-effective. And, and Building IQ is uh, trying to be part of that solution. All right, so um, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing uh, most often. What's most popular and what's most effective? Yeah, so uh, I think certainly for, for the higher ed um, uh, customers that we have, uh, there's a fairly diverse set of buildings that we're looking at, and there's a diverse set of um, uh, components to their energy solutions. So you have some buildings on a campus may have uh, a connected central cooling loop or central heating loop. Uh, some buildings are completely standalone. Uh, some buildings share a building control system. Uh, and so when Building IQ is involved with our customer base, we're, we're typically starting at uh, the building level where um, a specific building is outlined or a specific set of buildings are outlined. And they're looking to reduce energy in a cost-effective way. And so our, our model is no upfront costs. Um, we're modeling the building uh, with mathematics and analytics. And we're looking for a way to reduce energy consumption. And we can do that through predictively um, assigning the set points or the HVAC system within those buildings. And by doing that, we can 
drive the HVAC system more efficiently. Okay, can you explain what you just meant by that? What do you mean by set points? Yeah, so so the set points are really kind of what the zone, different zone temperatures are. are, um, uh, Like, let's say you're in a a college uh, auditorium. You know, that could be a specific zone within the building control system. And uh, the set point for that auditorium could be anywhere from 68 degrees to 74 degrees. And they set that set point for that zone, and they, they basically want it to the building control system to stay inside that zone so that everybody that's in that auditorium is comfortable. Um, but there are ways to uh, model the building based on its thermodynamics and the mass uh, to say, hey, maybe at a certain time of day, like at 2 p.m. when the sun is beating on that building and heating it up, you're going to need more cooling uh, to stay within that zone, within that range, than you would at, let's say, 8 a.m. in the morning when the sun's low on the horizon or isn't up yet uh, and the building is just warming up. And so Building IQ can predictably uh, look at those different times and uh, pick the specific set point inside that range that is most efficient for the HVAC system to run and therefore saves cost on the overall uh, energy consumption. Now, when you say uh, pick the set point, what do you mean? Pick the temperature? Well, pick the temperature, yeah, absolutely. Um, We have uh, a number of algorithms that will look at um, what is the best set point to um, tell the BMS to control to in order to save the most amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so now talk a little bit about um, your um, no upfront costs. Yeah, so um, we typically are approaching our projects as a uh, software as a service. So it's an ongoing uh, service relationship using our technology, and we'll deploy uh, a connection to uh, a real-time meter feed. We need kind of that real-time consumption feed, uh, and we'll deploy uh, a way to connect to the building control system because we are actually closing the control loop through the building control system. We're actually telling the building control system to, to change uh, the set point. And those, those are the two things we need. All the rest is done uh, in our cloud. Uh, we have uh, computations that go through the optimal settings for all those different set points based on uh, the thermal model of the building. And the result um, is, is the energy saving. So, you know, there's we don't charge up front for that connection to the building. We basically are uh, delivering an ongoing service for a certain fee, and that fee is going to be significantly less than the energy that we are saving for the building in terms of dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, how is this different than the other kind of uh, shared savings, I guess they're called, programs out there? Yeah, so I, I think it's different in the fact that um, – you know, basically, we are optimizing the HVAC system to run more efficiently based on this mathematical modeling. And I think optimizing the HVAC system is not a new concept. Um, you know, there's a number of certainly service firms that do that, and there's a number of, uh, um, I think, building control systems that do that. But the way we're approaching is it's a layer on top of the building control system with this mathematical self-learning algorithm approach. Uh, is significantly co- more cost-effective than uh, how it's traditionally been done in the industry. 
And, and that really is why uh, we're having some success uh, in these college campuses where, you know, sure everybody's looking for money, but especially, or savings, but especially I think where you've got the, um, the, the merger of uh, great sustainability goals, certainly uh, a learning environment like a university and higher education campus. Uh, this is kind of the ideal setting for controlling costs and trying new technologies uh, to drive savings. And so you have a lot of California universities, right? We do. We, uh, you know, certainly in California, we've got a project with uh, UCLA, UCLA down in Los Angeles. It's part of the UC system. Uh, we were uh, awarded, along with our partner Siemens, uh, a contract for the California State University system, which is uh, all the campuses in California. Uh, we have some projects uh, on the East Coast as well. Uh, we're working with the University of South Florida uh, with a partnership with Duke Energy. Uh, so, yeah, we, we're, we're spread across the country with uh, some customers. But, yes, we, certainly in California there's an emphasis on energy efficiency and uh, how to reduce your carbon footprint. So there's a lot of activity here in the state of California. Um, so what do you think is the main driver for these universities that are contacting you? Yeah, you know, it, I don't think there is one main driver across across this university, these universities, certainly not North America. I think uh, some universities are doing it purely for sustainability. Uh, I think some universities are looking at it as a, a, a pure cost reduction, running their systems more efficiently. Uh, you know, every dollar you save on an expense budget drops right to the bottom line and reduces their operating uh, system. And so those dollars can go to other things, right? They can instead of spending money on uh, their energy consumption, they, they can save that money and, and, uh, and pour it into the improvement of their, of their assets, which go towards you know, teaching. So uh, you know, I, think, I think it depends on the university on what their main driver is, but uh, I think there's three or four that are common. You know, it, it's running more efficiently, saving money, reducing the carbon footprint, uh, and certainly doing good things for the environment. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that the, the more the sustainability, reducing carbon footprint, doing good things for the environment, is that fairly new? I don't think it's fairly new. I think, I, I think the intersection of what we are doing with a, with a unique business model, it says there's no money up front. Uh, it's an OPEX uh, expenditure, so it's an ongoing service, and we're saving you money. It more than pays for itself, and it does a lot of other great things uh, for how we can uh, look at anomalies within the HVAC system from the data we're pulling out. Uh, that that approach, I think, is new. So, you know, it's a combination of it, it's, it's a very simple um, and very positive uh, return on investment or economic decision. So the, you know, the financial folks love it. Um, it's obviously reducing consumption, so anybody that's associated with sustainability, uh, it's right up there, uh, right up their daily week. You know, it makes perfect sense to them. Uh, and then, of course, there's some of these universities have a uh, a research uh, angle here, where they're kind of interested in building control, smart buildings, smart grid, uh, you know, smart cities. There's a, there's there's a layer in some of the universities uh, that we're working with where that. Is, is part of the research activity. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think those things uh, are the primary drivers that we're seeing, at least, 
uh, work with uh, universities here in Northern California or uh, in North America. What percent would you say have research that's uh, related to this, to sustainability? And... Uh, about a third. Yep, about a third of them do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Very interesting. My pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye now. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com.